Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Specifically feedback, though. What you had to say about it. And we've got Matt back! I'm back! Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Jeff Randall. Welcome back. Thanks. How was it? Did you find Logan? Uh, I did not. I did not find Logan, but I was probably close to him. Um... <laughs> I, uh, I I found some mooses. I found a bear. I took a picture of a bear, and its claws looked like Logan, sort of. Um, okay. Yeah, man, it right. was probably the most amazing trip I've ever... I mean, definitely the most amazing trip I've ever been on. I don't know, man. We haven't ever been to Pinewood Studios. No, I have not, but man, uh, just going to... <laughs> Just the, the the natural splendor of Alaska, and and I, we just did so much, so much uh, that I can't I can't even. It would bore the podcast to tears to me to tell my whole trip, but it was just amazing. All I can say it was amazing. Yeah, that's cool. So glad cool. you had a good time. Yeah, man, I really did. I had to talk about Ant Man and the Wasp all by my lonesome. I enjoyed your episode, man. See, I'm up there yeah. in Alaska, and I can still get podcasts even though I can't record them and. Uh, ship them up here, but uh, <laughs> and mm-hmm. post them. Uh, yeah, it was great, man. Good job. Thank I'm you. I'm I'm impressed when people can talk for 31 minutes or whatever it was just by yourself, you know. And you really kept kept me engaged. Good job. Thank you. Um, but I but I should say you're wrong about everything you said. Okay. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. You're probably now, right. I thought this movie was really really good. Um, the Ant Man and the Wasp. So so my my take since I wasn't here for the um thing. Yeah, give me your thirty one minutes. These <laughs> let's not do that. Uh these um these Ant Man movies I feel like are the most comedic and least stakeful of the Marvel movies. <laughs> they feel um the least uh least serious and most funny to me, you know. Even just by having Paul Rudd in the main as the main character and they just are super silly, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I think this one pulled that off in a way the first one didn't. Um, I think I said this probably at the time when the first one came out, but I, I liked the first one. I liked it a lot. But the, the, the comedy felt like it had had some crazy director changes or something. Yeah, you, you um, were saying that you felt Edgar Wright's missing yeah i really did i felt like lack i felt a lot of the movie was like oh i see why edgar wright would want to make this movie and i see like where this should have been an edgar wright movie like this movie started as an edgar wright movie and became a peyton reed movie it just felt that way i I felt the lot loss of edgar wright in there um this one did not feel that way and while I still maintain that an edgar wright ant-man would probably have been better all along uh this one felt cohesive in a way the first one did not. Yeah. And 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 the and because of that the comedy lands in a way that in the in the first one I didn't think the comedy landed as well. That's fair to say. I did feel like in this one there was a, a bit more uh guffawing in my theater. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it was mostly me, but there's a lot of- <laughs> There's a whole lot of guffawing in my theater. I mean, just me, in my seat. I was mostly coming from my, my region of the theater. Yeah, it was like my row had a lot of laughing to do, uh, led by me, perhaps only me. Yeah, I was the only one in the theater. Oh, were you the only one in the no. theater? No, God, oh, it was okay. packed out. I was going to say, how'd you do that? How'd you pull that off on opening night? I rented the whole thing to myself. You really wanted that private screening? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even allow my family to go. My theater was actually pretty empty. For one thing, I was in Alaska. Uh, there just aren't people there. And... Uh, <laughs> The bears didn't want to see it? <laughs> the bear, actually, there were three bears there. Um, <laughs> what were their names? <laughs> I was trying to think of a good Goldilocks joke. Like, one had a medium popcorn, or one liked oh, a yeah. lot of butter, one had a little butter, and one had just the right amount of butter. Right. Um, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I did um, find three bowls of popcorn and empty seats. <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, I got to see it, like, I, but big thing was I get, I went a week late. Um, I did actually end up going in Alaska, which was funny. Our flight was delayed 12 hours and I looked at my watch. I was like, we have time. <laughs> <laughs> 
like left the left the airport. Like had to re re go through security and everything. I left the airport and like ran to a movie theater and watched Ant Man and the Wasp. Like as soon as I got back to civil civilization, basically, <laughs> it was like in Anchorage watching it. Um, <laughs> That's my awesome. girl Alyssa, my girlfriend, was a good sport about it. Um, so that was nice. <laughs> well, um, is there anything else that you wanted to say about it before we get into feedback? Well, um, let's see. What do I want to say about it? Um, I liked it a lot. I've heard some complaints and that I would probably disagree with. Um, I, I get oh, yeah? your point. I've heard, I, l- I listened to a... <laughs> And I don't even know who it was, so like I don't I don't know why I'm even bringing it up. But I saw a YouTube video pop up and it was like recommended for me, and it said one horrible scene in Ant Man and the Wasp. And I was like, I wonder which scene they think ruins this movie. <laughs> and in, in the end, the guy said he thought it was a pretty good movie, but this one scene he thought was an egregious error. And I'm often that guy who comes up with that scene that's like, oh, this this movie would have been great if they'd just done this one thing. And so I listened to it, and I kind of get where he's coming from. Uh, his his big scene was when... So the whole movie, and uh, maybe maybe over over on Superhero Ethics, they, they have some thoughts about this. Um, but they... His, his thesis was, one of his favorite things about sci-fi is when you set up real stakes... Um, for a character, and like, and and a, a, a moral choice for that character to make, and there are stakes on both sides of that moral choice. Yeah, and in this movie, they did a really good job of setting that up by having Ghost, a character who you could understand where she's coming from, and Bill Foster, uh, you could understand where they're coming from. They're trying to save her life, or trying to save Janet's life. And there are there are there are there and they have those arguments a very small amount in the movie, but it's basically just like everyone chooses their side. There's never a moment where our hero, Ant Man, um, if if it's his story, which you you make the case it's not, um, in in, in your thirty one minute uh, thing, and 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 I totally understand that. Uh, I guess I would have liked to see our hero have the moral dilemma. And I, I this, this 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 again comes from this YouTube video I saw, and I and I kind of agreed with it in a sh- in a small way. Um, it would have been nice if he had seen ghost sides of ghosts side of things, and been oh, like, yeah. "What? God, who do I help? Who who do I help? You know, because um, ghost is someone who's just looking to save herself, which is in, is indeed sort of selfish. But so it, I mean, Hank is just trying to save his wife." Which, while sound sounding less selfish, isn't really that much less selfish. Um, it's still just saving the person that you're closest to. Um, and and the the, the 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 big moral argument for me is that if you save Janet, you just don't know what what's up with Janet until <laughs> until, <Yeah. laughs> until very very late in the movie. They don't even know if she's alive or not. Yeah. And they still fight Ghost tooth and nail. Like, I could see a world where Bill Foster goes to Hank Pym and says, listen, you don't even know if Janet's alive. We could save this girl now. Like, this is someone I care about, and I want to save her. Yeah, like, save the person right in front of you instead of the person who might not still be there. Yeah, understand it's your wife and you want to save her, but we absolutely can save this person now. Um, And so... I just felt like there was a little bit of th- – th- there was a great setup there for a great moral debate that doesn't really happen in the movie. And that that's kind of where I agree with the YouTube video. Um, now, what ends up happening in the, the scene that this YouTube video says is like the scene that kills it for him is when they save Janet, if you're going to have those moral stakes, Ghost needs to die. Which would have been sad and awful and sort of like against the uh, sort of tone of the movie, uh, but but instead they just kind of took the super easy way out. <laughs> um, I would have liked to see like some sort of third option, like sort of Captain Kirk thinking, where Captain you know Ant Man steps in and like uh, you know Bill Foster and Ghost want this, uh, Hank Pym and and, and uh, Hope want this. And they fight about it, and then Ant Man, as our hero, steps in and has to make some sort of call 
that tries to save them both. Maybe even a self-sacrificial in a self-sacrificial way, you know. Um, yeah. To to try like, to save both people or whatever. Like it he just t- <laughs> he takes her to the quantum realm. There's got to be someone in the prison at all times. Right. <laughs> there always has to be someone in the quantum prison. It's funny that you say that. Have you? I, I guess you've you've watched, you're up on a uh, Flash, right? Yeah. They're, they do that. They do that exactly in Flash. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got it from. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. <laughs> so it could have been like he. You know, tackles her into the tunnel, and they both go to the quantum realm and like pass Hank Pym on the way, like "Hey, bye," mm-hmm. and uh, and then the post or that guy's the, the mid credit scene could have been like Hope going in after him, and then they're all three stuck. <laughs> well, I would have been okay with that. I, yeah, and that's all. That would have all been fun, but I, I just. You, you see where I'm getting coming from, though. Yeah, and yeah, I, I can I, see. And that. I absolutely sell the guy's point. Like, and the, the funny thing was the, the YouTube video, the tone of the YouTube video was Marvel makes amazing movies and almost flawless all the time, but this they kind of whiffed it with this scene. And and I, and I get the point that like if you're gonna let the heroes make their moral decision to save, I, I think this sets up a lot of moral gray area in this movie, and they don't explore that. They're like, of course. Hoping Hank want to save Janet, and that is completely okay, you know. <laughs> and Ghost <laughs> Ghost is wrong for trying to stop them, and I feel like that's how we're supposed to feel for most of the movie. And then at the end, of course, she comes out and just saves Ghost, and everyone lives happily ever after. Um, I, and I actually really loved that scene when she saved Ghost, but I guess I wish it had been a little more a lot of a more dot. hard fought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little more hard fought, or maybe, maybe even she sacrificed herself to save the poor girl. You know, like or sacrifices something within herself, or I don't know. They're just cuts they, off an arm I'm, or something. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, like had to lose something to save her, uh, or or Ant Man did, or you know, Hope did, or someone had to, or Hank for that matter. Like. um you know, someone had to make some sort of sacrifice to to give Ghost her life again. You know, yeah, um, some sort of redemptive arc or something. The, the, the movie's just not set up that way, and I, I don't think the movie is bad for that. Um, it's just kind of thin for that, and it makes it so light kind of on stakesless. Yeah, it makes it kind of stakesless, and it makes it sort of light on its feet, and makes it even more fun. And and I talked about how the the comedy lands, and I think. Because it's so light on its feet and airy and fun, and it, it makes it even more, um, it makes it even more able to have the comedy that it has. So, so those yeah. are my those are my only issue. That's probably my only issue that I really feel with the movie, except for the physics still don't make any sense. But that's fine. Oh yeah, no, like we've we've written those off. Yeah, th- those really have been like, all right, well, I guess we just don't have physics in this this, this, this <laughs> movie. That's fine. The physics just operate however, you know. The director needs them to in that scene. <laughs> yep. So, yep. Anyway. That's just how it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, and, you know, the the comedy does land. And with this movie being as light as it was and, and fun, it feels like the haymaker at the end really hits a lot harder. Yeah. I have... Like, remind nothing me... Nothing escapes. We need to have theory talk. Okay, but not right now because we we need to talk about all this feedback first. Um, but I definitely have theories on, on on the way you ended the podcast last week talking about who's going to save Scott. Da 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 da. Like I think yeah. I have a pretty strong um, opinion on that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Maybe it'll be covered in the feedback. Who knows? That's true. So, do you want to get into that? Let's do it, man. All right, here we go. Del Reed said to us on Twitter, thank goodness for the Geekiverse and MCU cast for getting me through yard work this morning with all the hashtag Ant-Man and the Wasp debriefing. You know what? You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. It, was, it wasn't the full MCU cast, but you know, I did what I could and that's all that matters, right? Oh yeah. Jeff did his thing. Let's, let's not talk about me doing my thing. Do your thing, Jeff. Okay. Michael Barthendals has said, here's my theory, post-Ant-Man, post-Ant-Man. 
Strange knew keeping Scott in the quantum realm was critical to the one chance to win, so he gave Thanos the stone at the right time so the snap would coincide with the quantum tunnel trip. And then looks like a head-exploding emoji. Huh. That's pretty good. I like that. That's a good one. I like that. I like like the interconnectivity. And, uh, you know, Doctor Strange having the... uh, the eye of Akamato holding the time stone he would uh, he would be all about timing <laughs> good good point yeah yeah <clears throat> yeah anyway <laughs> uh brian mc 630 said janet mentioned a time vortex right before everybody turned to dust right before they turned to dust i have a sneaky suspicion that ant-man is going to show up in captain marvel set in the 90s i love that idea that would be amazing wouldn't it that would be so cool i don't think i i don't think so but i i i love the idea great idea yeah i don't think that they're gonna bring him in in her origin movie because it's it's the first time we see her it has to be all about her and not just that but it's the first like fully female led female starring powerhouse in marvel like it has to be all about her not just like it's her movie it's got to be about her but like on a on a social level it has to be all about her yeah, I agree with you. I think that uh, I mean, there's definitely room for other people in the movie. As we're gonna, nope. s- we know nobody we, else. We know Fury's <laughs> gonna be there. We know Coulson's gonna be there. Um, yep. Ronan the Accuser, Korath the Pursuer. So there's all a, our favorite Kree. Definitely gonna be people there. But I, but I think that uh, it is gonna. I don't think I don't think Ant Man showing up would be. I mean, maybe in a maybe in a post credit sequence, I could see that. Yeah, um, yeah, but I have a different theory, but I don't want to express it because it does involve some casting news and a little bit of spoilers. But yeah, okay, all right, we'll wait. I'll wait. <clears throat> Jordan Olson said to us, "This looks like Facebook." Ant Man and the Wasp feedback spoilers. The biggest question that the movie left me hanging with was, where did Janet manage to get all that fabric to make herself that dope Quantum Realm Wastelands outfit? <laughs> also, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry. Also, spoilers. The biggest impact the movie had on me uh, was seeing the impact of the snapping at the end. I was screaming. Oh, and I had a question for you guys. Because it seems like every Marvel movie, although they are all superhero movies, has its own subgenre. E.g., First Ant Man was a heist movie, Guardians of the Galaxy was Space Odyssey, Winter Soldier was Spy Thriller, etc. What subgenre do you think this one was? I remember hearing about the Russians think. The Russians, really? I remember hearing about the Russians thinking this one would be a rom com, but I didn't think that fit. Thoughts? I think they were going so so. I think in both this and the first one, they were going for heist movie. I didn't even in the first one. I mean, yes, there's one scene where they execute a plan, uh, but I still didn't feel like it was a heist movie. Um, and and it, I think it was so a heist movie. I mean, yeah, there's there's like there is a scene at the end where they make a heist, but this one they make a few like uh when they go in and steal that technology and they they're always like trying to dodge the law this one kind of felt the same to me it's it this one also kind of felt like a on the run from the law heist movie um yeah except with more law to yeah. be on the run from yeah well they kept having to uh uh hide hank or hide scott's involvement which i thought i thought made it still sort of a heist movie to me but it's also just like an action adventure i think a lot of these movies while they yes try first to vary up the genres and they do a good job of it i don't think any of them fit securely in a you know securely in a genre except for maybe like guardians of the galaxy which does feel very space winter soldier is absolutely strictly a spy thriller I, I, it's just yeah. one of them is really strong. Yeah, it's a, it's a spy thriller, but it's also an action adventure. I mean, they they all just blend genres. It's not like any of them are. This is this genre, and this is this genre. They all all the movies blend genres pretty well. And I mean, you, it's an action movie. It's an adventure movie. It's a again on the run from the law movie. Um, it's a, you know when when they're it it, it had definitely a spy thriller elements. I'm sure I'm, I completely agree. But it's I don't I don't think that any of them are like securely one thing is all I'm saying. That's my okay. What do you I think? Guess, what do you think? What do you think? Ant Man and the Wasp is Ant Man and the Wasp. 
is, I mean, it's obviously not a rom-com. No, um, definitely not. It's not a strictly comedy because it's, you know, it's not. Um, there were parts that I did feel went on a little bit too long though. Mm-hmm. Like, co- like some comedies, like the, uh, uh, the desk being from a rummage sale. Uh, in the XCon, oh yeah, yeah, business, yeah, yeah. that might that kind of went on a little bit too long. I like that it was so meta about it, but how, how he was like, okay, yeah, we, no, we got to talk about the important things. Come on, damn it, hope, yeah. Anyway, uh, that kind of makes me go back toward more on the comedy side of things, but. Yeah, it's definitely more of a comedy than other MCU movies. Um, but, I mean, like, all the MCU movies are comedies on some level, you know? Even Infinity War is hilarious through most of the movie. <laughs> right up until... Yeah, right up until it's tragic as hell. <laughs> which is such a great balance. <laughs> Look at all things should be. <laughs> We're having a fun romp. Tragedy. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Worst fight ever. Ah, shit. <laughs> Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Uh, where, where? So Janet got a cloak, got, a, got her <laughs> yeah. wasteland outfit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she looks like she made a spear out of one of her wings, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that was pretty awesome. That was really neat. I uh, really want to see cosplays of this going forward. Like, I want to see that. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure that's going to happen. Um, yeah, for sure. So. Do you think there's a whole civilization down there? Like, what's going on in the quantum realm? There has to be. I guess. I mean, there was in the comics. Well, that doesn't mean anything, though. (laughs) This whole universe is based on the comics. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that something that happened in the comics, which was, I hope you'll agree with me, very silly. (laughs) Oh, goofy as hell, yeah. Um, In the comics, anyway. Uh, I feel like they're not going to do that. I don't think we're going to go into the quantum realm and be like... Look, it's a it's a court and king and everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's not where we're going. I don't think. Ah, it has to be. It's the only way. <laughs> it's the only way that makes any sense. Uh, well, hmm. I'm not sure where she would have gotten white fabric, <laughs> considering everything that she went down in is black and red, and very fitted. Well, unless she, like, killed an animal and made fabric. <laughs> like, I just don't know. Like, I don't know. if there, Are there are there some sort of ecosystems there that she... I mean, at the end, her and Hank breathed down there, yeah. which, which I was surprised by. They both had masks on, which made sense to me. And then they both take their masks off for no reason. Um, yep. So, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, it's because physics doesn't exist. Well, time, time and space mean nothing. It doesn't mean physics doesn't exist. No, we we've established that physics are just out the window. Sure, I, oh, I see. For this it's franchise, the, I thought you meant in the quantum realm, but yes, in the Ant Man movies in general, physics don't exist. Yeah, so yeah, that, we that, just that, we take everything you know about physics and just chuck it. Gotcha, that tracks. Um, yeah, <laughs> okay, straight in the bin. All right, well, fine. We have no idea where <laughs> she got her stuff, and I guess we. I, I feel like we're gonna have to. I mean, Ant Man's down there, so he's gonna know more about the quantum realm when he comes out. Um. So will uh, and Janet should already know a lot, and I, I'm assuming they've spoken in, during the time that they built this thing. <laughs> so Ant Man is down in the quantum realm. He, the four of them may be the only ones who know anything about the quantum realm. Bill Foster and Ghost should know things too. They've been working with them, which um, I like that they mentioned that they were going down to get some energy to help Ghost because. Yeah. One thing that makes that interesting to me is that Ghost is not cured. I thought in that scene, I thought Ghost was cured. No, it, yeah, it looked like she just kind of was like, you know what, you're done, here you go, you're good forever, go away. But it seems like that was just a temporary kind of thing, and they yeah. would have to like work with her. Which makes me like and, the fact, it like, I like it a little more now because, well, for one thing, I like a character that has a little bit of a backstory that comes back, but I also... It gives some stakes to the fact that Ghost isn't the one they decided to save. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, they, they're still going to have to keep going back, so. Yeah, what if it's Ghost that saves Scott? 
Like, she just kind of shows up like, oh, I've been looking for you. Where the hell have you been? Well, What's happening? Ghost and Bill Foster should both know something about what's going on. I would think. Unless. Unless. Oh, there was a snap sound. Did you not hear it? Oh, yeah. Unless they're, unless they're snapped. I gotcha. Yeah. Unless oh, they were part of the snapping. Yeah. Maybe. Snapocalypse. Snapocalypse is good. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> It flows. Yeah. All right. Uh, Superhero Ethics said, I just saw it and hot damn, we have a real MCU again. I was really happy with how much they brought in the post-Civil War slash Accords reality more than almost anything else since. I was annoyed that once again, it seemed they were ignoring Infinity War, but then, oh my God, that ending. I will say, if all that stuff was going on in Infinity War, okay, I think I just realized a flaw. How so? At the at, in Infinity War, well, okay, in Infinity War, which, as far as I can tell, is like a three or four day thing. Like Infinity War is not that long. Yeah, they say that Scott's still under house arrest. Yeah, as far as they know, but we know he was released from house arrest, and that he's been out of house arrest long enough for them to build a miniature tunnel for the van. Um, not that it takes Hank Pym much to be able to miniaturize things, but... Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's what I said in my 31 minutes is, yeah, it could be that he just shrunk down a tunnel to fit in the van, or he built it smaller. You know, not sure. It could have been weeks. It could have been a couple of days. Yeah, it, it just seemed like there was a gap of time there. Um, yeah. And it seems like there was no gap of time in Infinity War. And maybe they just haven't been in contact, but they did say he was still under house arrest, so... That's kind of weird. Because all yeah. that happening, you'd think you'd call in everybody. Everybody. Which they did, except, you know, Ant-Man. And, and Hawkeye. Yep. And Hawkeye. Um, yeah, they said that they both took deals. That's right. They both took deals. And then maybe, that's, maybe they just haven't been in contact since he's been... And it could be only a week since he's been out of house arrest. Who knows? Yeah. But it just seemed like, it seemed like a little time had passed. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And I agree with superhero ethics here. The uh, the ant playing the drums was just crazy. Yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, the uh, everybody talks about the the mid credit scene as the ending of the movie, but actually there was another one, and it had very little to do with anything other than just trying to bring some humor back and not doing a great job because like we're still in shock. From the mid-credit scene, right? You mean the ant playing the drums? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the ant playing the drums was funny in the movie when that whole um, montage was happening to show like the ant right. follows your day to day, like it's programmed to just go be you, and it's playing the drums. It's like, oh yeah, okay, that's that's cute because that's what he was doing. But now the ant is doing that with. With the TV on the color bars and the emergency broadcast system rolling, and I don't know, man, it just doesn't doesn't land as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was weird. That is that is the weird. Uh, that was a weird post credits. For for a second, I thought it had something to do with like maybe he was still somehow connected to Ant the Ant. Like, from the quantum realm, he was somehow, like, connected, but that's not how that ant thing worked. He was just, like, programmed yeah, based on his that previous... Yeah, was programmed. Yeah, he's based on his previous mm. act- actions, not, not future, not, like, currently what he's thinking about or whatever, so... I don't know. Yeah. That's what <laughs> I thought at first, when I first... <laughs> the like, ants leaked to him. I wish I could play the drums right now. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, he's living out his life through the ant. <laughs> Like connected <laughs> quantumly. Yeah, he's got quantum entanglement with a yeah. massive ant. Yeah, totally. That should have floated away, but because physics don't exist in this movie, is perfectly fine. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Reese Hard said to us, "Ant Man and the Wasp was amazing!" Three exclamation marks. Uh, by far the best MCU movie ever. Uh, Ghost was a little too much, but otherwise amazing. <laughs> I love the comedy and Michael Pino 
Hilarious. I love Scott's ex-wife comments about when they come in his house, but is uh, Bill Foster related to Jane Foster? Still confused a little there. Uh, the mid-credit scene totally called it. And Jeff, I loved your standalone podcast. We need more of those. Well, bye. <laughs> Free start. <laughs> I like the well bye. Well um, bye. <laughs> um, I love that Reese enjoyed that as much as they did. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> like I, I, it's not my favorite MCU movie ever. That's that's pretty. That's pretty high praise. Uh, but I'm, I'm yeah. I, there's so many of them now. I agree. It's very very good. Yeah, I I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm still not sure if it's my favorite Ant Man movie or a movie with Ant Man in it. I know that Civil War is my favorite. I'm not sure which of the two Ant-Man movies is the favorite. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think I like this one better. You think? I do. I mean, you, you know. I mean, this one this one felt like more uh real people in it, you know, like real characters having real emotions and and like you know, when I was uh in my my solo cast, I was talking about Bill Foster as my surprise like favorite character in the movie because like this is a guy that had a real fallout with Hank Pym and is having to deal with that. Like he still doesn't really care for Hank at all, but you know, he knows that good things need to be done for people, even if those people may not be the best. And you know, this guy doing like, he's having real decisions to make. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Bill Foster a lot. Um, I don't think he's related to Jane Foster. <laughs> no, no, Foster's um, kind of a common last name. Yeah, totally. Even um, in the MCU, I, I will say I'm very, I'm a little mad at Reese here for wanting more standalone Jeff podcast because basically Reese is just saying he wants me to go away. Yeah, thanks, Reese. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, people want what they want, man, and you know, they've demanded it by popular demand. All Jeff casts from now on. <laughs> It's not. Uh, it's not Thanos making Matt go away. Yeah, I, I snapped and or Thanos. Yeah, Matt got caught in the snapping. It's just me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steve Abramowitz said to us, "I can't believe Marvel slash Disney didn't notice this distracting phallic." And um, uh, yeah, put a picture. It's pretty intense there. I I didn't notice it either. Um, but <laughs> on the wasp costume, her breastplate uh, where her. Uh, Two breasts are and and a ab plate look mighty penis like yeah but it's an upside down picture so you don't notice it until it gets turned over and she's got the d she does appear to have the d she's got the d on her bees <laughs> no i just I, I laughed because bees is another insect yeah yeah <laughs> Oh, these jokes sting. <laughs> let's okay. move on. I think we've got two uh, really long ones now. Yeah, let's. Or maybe let's maybe it's three. Uh, we got a few few long Ant Man of the Wasp things left. Let's chat. Okay, Andrew Greck said, "Hey guys," with an exclamation mark. So it's more like, "Hey guys," <clears throat> I really like the new Ant Man. I thought that it would be Scott and Hope that would disappear. Uh, I didn't think it would be Janet, Hank, and Hope. And I think that this is the seventh in my ranking. I think it will raise the stakes for Avengers Endgame, having to save someone from the Quantum Realm. What do you think? I don't know. I don't know that anybody really cares about Scott. Um, I am going to withhold my what I think until after we go into a spoiler, a more intense spoiler section. Okay. Because we'll go into the, I have uh, I have theories. I, I I mean it's not even that deep of a theory. I just I just think I I think I know who's going after him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think of who I believe that you think would go after him, but I don't know. Um, It'll be pretty clear once. Uh, I think you'll agree with me. I think I know. Yeah. I think you might. I think right. I know now. Let's, uh, let's, yeah. let's move on. Thomas McNeil, because you said casting. Yeah. Thomas McNeil says, I liked it. Maybe not as much as the first. I'll have to see it again before officially ranking the movie. It would be cool if you guys posted your MC movie rankings and updated the list after each movie. Uh, my rankings can change from time to time, but to crack the top five is not easy. But in Infinity War, shot to the top. That's awesome. And he posted his list. It's... Uh, 
Infinity War, Iron Man, Avengers, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Thor 3, Iron Man 3, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man 2, Thor 2, Iron Man 2, Thor, and Hulk. Oh, speaking of Iron Man 2. Uh, okay, out of left field. Isn't Ghost basically that guy? <laughs> um, the, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you hear me out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Birdman, whatever his name is. Uh, <laughs> not Birdman. Uh, what? Whiplash. In Iron, Man, in Iron Man 2, Whiplash, or as I like to call him, Birdman, um, <laughs> is, is a scientist who is using technology from his father, who was discredited and sold out by uh, Howard Stark, and then um, shipped off, right? And it seems like the same... using technology. Well, no, no, no. But it's still, it's still the same basic plot. Uh, Ghost is her father was discredited and basically sent away by uh, by Hank Pym. This is very much the same like the same arc uh, for her character, and she's kind of out for revenge. Uh, like she seems out for revenge against Hank Pym for the same in the same way that uh, they were out for revenge against uh, that Birdman was out against for revenge against Tony Stark. Anyway, I just thought that was an interesting parallel. Yeah, yeah, it's all about uh, daddy issues in the second movie. Yeah. Especially in, um, you know, Winter Soldier. They have to deal with so many daddy issues. That they do. (laughs) Uh, That's a joke, everybody. They don't. It's none. Zero. So many daddy issues. Zilch. Um, Nada. Falcon is my daddy. (laughs) I thought you were going to say Fury is my daddy, but no, he's just your big brother. Yeah. Fury is my brother. Yep. See, it's a, it's a, he's watching the watchful, us joke. The watchful eye of Big Brother. <laughs> the only one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> oh, man. We're dumb. So Thomas McNeil continues saying, back to Ant-Man and the Wasp. It was very funny, but maybe a little goofy at times. The main issue I had with the movie was how Sonny Birch, Bill Foster, and Ghost all needed more backstory. Not to beat a dead horse, but this is where the Netflix shows and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could have helped out. It would have been great to have these characters all appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even if they were telling a story from the past and show how they first used Ghost in a mission. Uh, it would have been really cool to have Sonny Burt show up in The Punisher or Luke Cage. Um, while, of course, I would love that, I do see why... I don't know. If, 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 I, was, if I wasn't up on all the Marvel stuff, if I was the, that guy that just like watches the occasional Marvel movie... And then I heard that about this movie, I probably wouldn't go see it. Now, that's not who I am. I'm the guy who wants to see it all. But if if I were the guy who was only watching an occasional Marvel movie, like I watch every one that just sounds good to me, then if I heard one was really mired in continuity from the TV shows, I'd be like, "Uh, yeah, I don't want to watch that. Yeah, no, I've got this guy at work that, well, I mean, he just started at work. Anyway, there's this new guy at work that is like, I haven't seen any of the Marvel movies. And I'm like, are you shitting me? <laughs> <laughs> like, never any of them. He's like, yeah, I just, I don't know where to start at this point. I'm like, the beginning. It's the best yeah. place to start. It is indeed. I mean, <laughs> you know, you can you can jump in on a lot of these movies, but it is definitely a saga that is great to watch from the beginning. Um, yeah. And you don't have to watch all the shows to get all the movies. And that's what's kind of nice. The guy like your friend, if he's watching, he, if he wants to sit down and watch 20 movies, he can. And be fully yeah. caught up for whatever comes next. He doesn't have to watch every season of a show. Um, it's just insane how much there is. And I'm so thankful for it all. But I understand how they're, try- they're, they're trying to rope in new, new watchers to this story that's been being told for a decade now. And it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough balancing act. Um, so yeah. while I totally um, am, am on, uh, you know, the side of the continuity, uh, like Thomas says, um, I, I just I understand why they can't. Constant. There, there definitely could do some small things like like I definitely think they could have brought in 
that crime boss could have appeared in in Luke Cage or whatever. That, that there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Or I, Agents of Shield or, or anywhere where they've had a crime boss. Yeah. And I will say I didn't think the crime boss though needed that much more backstory. I felt like oh, he's a crime boss. He just wants money and power. Yeah. That's fine. Like this is our mustache twirler guy and He's not really even like, I have a dastardly plan. He's just like, I'll let them fight it out and then pick up the pieces. Well, the thing about a mustache twirler, he's not a mustache twirler because he wants something. A mustache twirler just wants evil to happen. And he just, he's just a criminal. I mean, like, he's just your basic run-of-the-mill, like, trying to get money. uh, And power. And that's, that's not a mustache twirler. That's, that is a motivation uh, he and he's not even and he's not trying to hurt anyone for hurting them's sake. He's just trying to get his stuff, you know, or get some stuff from someone else that belongs to someone else. Um, that's just a criminal, you know. <laughs> I just felt he was really comic booky in the way that his evil, his particular brand of evil, uh, was flavored. I guess. Yeah. I, well, I just I really like that actor. Um, Gosh, can't remember his name right now, but he's wonderful. <laughs> he was he's more most yep. recently watched him on Vice Principles. Um it's an HBO show, uh, and it was really funny. He's just super funny on that show. Really Walton Goggins that's it. is his Thank name. you, Walton. Yeah. Good old Walton Goggins. Really good act. I, I like him a lot. I will watch things with him in. Did you know he was born November 10th, 1971 in Birmingham, Alabama? No, that's neat. I didn't know that. I, for those of you who don't know, we're, we were, uh, well, the cast was originally based in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, yeah, still halfway is. Still halfway is. I'm still in Birmingham, Alabama. That's where I live. Um, <laughs> and Jeff is in Florida somewhere. Tampa. So, well, somewhere. Who knows? Lithia, technically, but beside point. <laughs> Somewhere down there, whatever. Yeah, I've uh, I remember this guy Walton Goggins. I remember him in the series Justified. That's where I've heard I've heard that he's great in that, and I've never seen that, so I can't. Yeah, speak yeah, to its was, greatness. He was real good there. Neat, real good there. Uh, Jeremy O. Owsley, Owsley, Owsley. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Owsley, and until you correct me, I'm not gonna know. Hey guys, I'm a long-time listener and first-time contributor. Long-time first-time, good to, good to hear. Yeah. Uh, I just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, A slash W, A and W, I like it. Uh, and I loved it. I think the Ant-Man series is one of the most underrated franchise in the MCU and definitely one of the most fun. It's a movie that's definitely a little goofy and doesn't take itself too seriously, but still maintains a ton of heart. And while the stakes aren't as high as some of the other MCU franchises, they still exist. First, I'll start with my only negative, which isn't really a negative, but more of a commentary. The science is really, really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It really is. That's a good intro. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Uh, He says, I'm a civil engineer, and trust me, that building would be a pile of rubble just from tipping it back like a suitcase, much less all the banging around it does. Also, I get if the building didn't have any plumbing, but it definitely had electricity. And the quantum bridge used a ton of power. How did they wire that thing into the grid as it was mobile? I'll just headcanon that Hank rigged the first five floors with a giant car battery and it's self-sustaining. Also, foundations? We don't need no stinking foundations. <laughs> Their house at the end is going to develop some serious structural problems on that sandy beach. <laughs> my advice? My advice? The movie doesn't take itself too seriously. You shouldn't either. Don't think too hard about it and you'll be fine. The science is a vehicle for the plot and makes for some really fun effects, but isn't meant to be a feature of this movie. We're we're totally with you, Jeremy. I think we, after Ant-Man 1, we have pretty much just given up on the physics. We don't care. We're just there to enjoy yep. the movie. And uh, I love... But yeah, especially since Ant-Man should have destroyed the universe. Yeah, or in the first Earth one. itself in the first movie. Yeah, by going quantum, he should have destroyed the universe, or the Earth. Um, At least the Earth. Please continue to write in. We need a civil engineer to tell us how dumb all the all the science is. <laughs> yes. So oh good. my God. This is uh, I, this whole like first paragraph has been my favorite thing to read. That's say it was great. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, continuing says actually I do have a negative which was more prevalent in the original and that's the use of ants. It's weird and hard to get around and the drum playing. 
Bath taking Scott on house arrest replacement was pretty dumb. The joke was funny in a way. Scott was so lazy on house arrest that an ant could easily be his fill-in, but it was overused. Besides that, I thought the comedy was on point for what it was. I've heard some criticism, but I thought it hit most of the time. Uh, Louise's exposition was hilarious and perfect. Yeah, the plot slowed down a bit, but it's a signature of these movies and must be in there. Uh, I was hoping for a cap cameo lip-syncing to Luis as he recounted how Scott was arrested. <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> oh, that would have been. And I thought it was a missed opportunity. Oh, that would have been Maybe great. in Ant-Man 3 we can get a Thanos lip-sync. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great idea. It's a great idea. This guy comes in with his gauntlet. He's all like, hey, yo, I'm going to stab my fingers. <laughs> I just need that. I need that to happen. Yeah. Please let that happen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm seeing Thanos do like all the, the cocky head tilt that Luis does when he's talking. Yeah. Super funny. <laughs> uh, whew, and then he's got the hat on. <clears throat> all right. I love the action and thought the fight choreography was great between Ant-Man, Wasp, and Ghost. It's such a different way of fighting than we're used to seeing. No brawling or weaponry, just shrinking, expanding, or phasing. Neither side could land anything, and a part of me felt their frustration in that. Uh, the way that they used the cars to shrink and enlarge was awesome, and in true Ant-Man fashion, the giant Pez and Salt Shakers were great tools. Also, Large Man, he wasn't Giant Man yet, using a flatbed as a push scooter was great. Was that thing in neutral? Oh yeah, don't think too hard. <laughs> well, <laughs> he, uh, he stopped it, right, at one point. It was like the tires were still going nuts, and he just like, he reached in and flicked the thing off of the, off of the pedal. So I'm assuming at that point he also somehow used his fingers to put it into neutral. <laughs> That's that's my headcanon. They just cut it. It's on the cutting room floor. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think too hard. I think Jeremy's Don't think Jeremy's too hard. Right. Don't think too hard. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, my favorite part of Ant-Man is the heart. And I think more than any character, a lot of MCU fans can relate to Scott, myself included. For one, I'm a late 30s father of a five-year-old. I completely understand his simple desire to be with Cassie at all costs. I couldn't imagine living under a different roof from my son and only having him part-time. The prospect of being in prison and rarely ever seeing him would be absolutely terrifying. So really, the stakes are super high in a much more grounded way. That is true. That, that, oh man. Ooh, that just, that just made this movie so much more heavy. Mm-hmm. Oh, why you gotta do that? I love it. I love, I love when Cassie just kind of, in this movie, tells him to go be a hero. Like, it's more important to her that he is a hero and probably more important to her life than he's a hero than that he's around. And I thought that was, I don't know, that was really sweet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He continues saying, Scott's just a normal guy who's made mistakes in his life and is now trying to be a good dad and loyal friend. Even in his dumb mistakes, he's just trying to help and do the right thing. Go and help Cap, bailing on Hope and Hank to get home before he's caught, avoiding prison. Even telling Luis their location in the woods, helping a friend helping a friend land a big client. He's just trying to help. The best part is that for all his mistakes, Cassie sees him for what he is, a great dad and a loyal friend. As he's bumbling around through the city as Giant Man on live TV, she's the only one smiling, knowing that he's risking it all to help his friends. And that's a great dad, living what you teach. Mm-hmm. To close, I've always had a special affinity toward Ant-Man, even though he gets a little lost in the overall MCU story at times. All I know is that I walk out of the theater feeling feeling good with a huge smile on my face. Yeah. And that's what's important. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. That was a great email. <laughs> that really was. For real. Thanks for writing in. You long time, first time, I think you said. Uh, so yeah, long time, awesome. first time. Thank you for writing in. That was, please do that more. <laughs> it made me laugh a lot. Um, made me laugh really hard. I still have tears. <laughs> Super funny. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, oh man, Thanos going with Luis's lip sync. Oh, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like me. somebody could uh, probably like make that happen. Like uh, you know, do do an edit where you take yep. some of Thanos's <laughs> footage from Infinity War. Once Infinity War DVD is out, we can uh, we can probably make that happen. Which is not long from now. I know. Pretty excited. Oh, my money. It's all gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh let's see. 
084 came at us with an email. It's wonderful to think the MCU has given us 20 movies. That's something we as fans should be eternally grateful for. And to think 30 is only a handful of years away is unfathomable. That's true. Uh, that deserves its own bullet point. You're right. Yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally on board with that. Like, I, I was just, I was just saying it uh, five minutes ago. How grateful I am for this, uh, for this happening, having happened at a time when I was engaged and able to keep up. Because, like, like your friend from work, it's like, how do I get started? <laughs> it's yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how long this model is sustainable. Because it is kind of hard once you fall out to get back in, uh, if you're the kind of guy like me who has to see everything. Um, but man, it's it's so good. It's just so We're exciting in. as a fan, as a fan being able to see it all. All it's been amazing. Yeah, we're in it for the long haul now, man. We can't can't bail now. I know. Oh, I'm not. Yeah. If we like, if there's something that that we don't get to see, then nah. You, there's no no thinking about that because then you know it's just a Jeff nope. cast at that point. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, four continues. This was a super fun movie that had me cracking up the whole time and even choked up at certain points. It was a little weird that through all the emotions the characters went through, the movie lacked a true character arc for anyone, really. But it's also weird that the movie was so fun and heartfelt that I didn't really care about that. <laughs> I agree with him. <laughs> it kind of nobody really did any nobody made any real decisions in this movie and like it's like um jeremy just said in his letter uh ant-man's just trying to help everybody and trying to do the right thing but there was never really i mean i guess the only real decision he made was to he didn't even decide to leave his house like they they forced him out um there just there's not that many decisions made in this movie everyone has their goal and they're trying to achieve it I don't know. No one has like a crisis of faith or no one has an arc. <laughs> He's right. He's right. Oh, eight four is yep. correct. Yep. And really, honestly, like you say, they forced him out. They drugged him and he woke up outside of his house. Yeah. And his first thought was, Oh my God, my ankle bracelet. Yeah. Crazy. Cause he was, he didn't want to be put away again for, you know, he didn't want to go away and not get to see Cassie. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That hurts so bad now. All right. Uh, Hannah John Common, Kamen, Common, probably Common, did great. And the writers gave us one of the most intriguing, or one of those intriguing antagonists that make us wonder if we wouldn't do the same if we were put into those situations. Is it weird that she looks so much like John Hannah? <laughs> and even has his name inside her name? I thought that was weird. Uh, I thought this movie did the best job with mid and post credit scenes in a long time. I honestly get annoyed with funny post-credits that don't give us something for the future, like seeing the Grandmaster stumble out of an escape pod without seeing the Collector show up to tease the spot. Oh, sorry. Like seeing the Grandmaster stumble out of an escape pod without seeing the Collector show up to tease us about uh, them teaming up later? That was a sore spot for me. The post-credit here had a joke in the spotlight, uh, but I loved the atmosphere around the joke. The empty apartment... The TV, it gave us the first sense of the <clears throat> world after the snap, and man, it was it dark. I love the mid-credit as well with the big tie-in, not to mention the setup for Scott to get into Infinity War. Janet might as well have winked at the camera after she said Time Vortex. <laughs> right. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up in a uh, Captain Marvel credit scene uh, before we see both of them in Avengers 4. That should be fun. I did think the timing was odd. Aliens attacked Earth, and Iron Man disappeared, what, two days ago at most? And instead of Scott, who isn't on house arrest at that point, like Nat said, suiting up to go help out, instead he's like, lols, let's go up on the roof and do quantum stuff instead. (laughs) That was weird to me after I thought about it. (laughs) Yeah, that is weird. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, it may have been, you know, some time has passed to get to that point, but, like, even if it was, you know, a couple of days that he's been off of house arrest, like, he's still there. You know, he still watches the news, probably. Yeah, there still was, like, 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 like he just said, um, there was, there was still news of uh, aliens over New York, um, and Iron Man, go, Iron Man and Spider-Man disappearing, and they're just kind of doing their quantum thing. It, 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 it's a little weird. Yeah. A little weird. It's a little, uh, a little odd. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're like, ah, the Avengers got it. 
I guess. Well, you know, <laughs> honestly, there was okay. There was there was a thing in New York, right? Aliens in New York, but then they left, and Iron Man and Spider Man disappeared. Yes, but the aliens left. Right. I mean, the, the, yeah, it's 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 conceivable that he never like went to check out what was going on. It's not. I mean, it's not like he's really close with Iron Man or Spider Man. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he fought then, against them. That's the only thing he knows about them. And then Cap is, uh, you know, Cap is under the impression that Scott's under house arrest or, you know, took a deal or whatever. He's done, right? Yeah, he's done. That's true. So, and then, like, the next instance we get of aliens is they break Atmo, they're in, they're on Earth, you know, now we're defending. Like, immediately, all of it's happening all at once, and then Thanos does a snap. Like, it's all boom, boom, pow, go, 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 yeah, right then. That's true. That is true. So, you know, maybe, you know, there just wasn't time. There wasn't time to get her over, get over to good old Scott. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it, this kind of has the luxury that S.H.I.E.L.D. has of always being working in secret, <laughs> as of now, anyway. Um, so yeah. they're doing their work in secret. So the fact that he's Ant-Man again is something that, uh, you know, they don't, it's possible the Avengers don't even know. Yeah. Oh, eight four continues. I loved how Hope owned every situation she was in, showing just how capable she is. Without Scott around to mess things up, these movies would have been so boring because Hope would just win. <laughs> Movie over in twenty minutes. The only time our female protagonist was bested is in the case of a more formidable female villain, and I thought that was important. I'm hoping if there's a third movie in this franchise, it's just plain called The Wasp with Scott as a supporting character. <laughs> I like Janet too. Uh, she might have been the biggest comic character whose rights aren't owned by Disney that hadn't been on the big screen yet. Uh, does he mean are owned? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think her rights have been sold off. I don't. I didn't think so either. <clears throat> All right. Uh, hadn't been on the big screen yet. I just wish we could have gotten a scene with her kicking some microscopic ass in the quantum realm using that staff, which was made of her wings. Awesome. Uh, I also love how there's apparently a Sephora somewhere in the quantum realm where she was able to keep her skin cared for, teeth sparkly white, and contour on point. That's super <laughs> impressive, and I need a quantum realm Sephora one shot right now. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Scott's family made my heart warm just like the last time. It's clear Cassie is growing up to be more and more like Scott in personality, and the hints of her wanting to be a hero were a tiny, a great tiny Easter egg. Uh, with the actress playing her in Avengers 4 being significantly older, it makes me think we'll be getting a time skip where there are new Avengers like Stinger, or is that stature? Uh, and there's going to be some time travel shenanigans like we've suspected. Or like we've suspected. Blech. Words. They're hard. Uh, and it was so important to show his ex-wife and her husband so supportive of him. As a child of divorce, I appreciate that they gave us that dynamic. Yeah, I th I th it was a little bit awkward. Watching how Paxton was just like, oh, I'm getting in on all these hugs. Like, you know, bringing it in for the whole family like that. I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. Like, eh. I liked awkward. it. I liked but, like, it. It grew on me. And at the end, like, especially, <laughs> especially with Paxton, like, countering everything that she was saying. <laughs> Where she was like, you oh, can't just yeah. barge in here. And he's like, actually, they can. That's my favorite thing. Uh, one of my favorite jokes <laughs> in the whole thing. Actually, they can. Yep, uh, yes, actually, that is exactly the law. Yep. Um, yep. That's, that's no, it. No, they don't need a yep. warrant. Uh, that's, nope. a, that's what the deal means. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so good. I the, love him. I love him too. That's, that made, that's what made him grow on me for the whole, like, being okay with the big hug thing. Well, see, I liked the big hug thing and I liked him being, um, I really liked him. As uh, exactly as 084 says here, um, uh, marriages fail sometimes, and yeah. it doesn't always mean that the, the 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 Disney trope of the evil stepfather, evil stepmother, like it's kind of damaging to the idea of like sometimes families are different, you know, like not all yeah. stepfathers are evil, um, you know, right, Jeff? Yep. <laughs> As a stepfather yourself, um, but uh, the, the, it it really just 
I like the fact that they portray this like just nice guy and they're all co-parenting and all working together. And I just thought that was, I think that's a cool dynamic and a neat thing that they'd done in this movie to kind of uh, show another side, another possibility other than just the evil stepdad. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it also takes away the idea of like him falling back in love with his ex-wife or you know stuff like that. that yeah, yeah. That is like, so tropey and done in so many of these things, but um, he can he can see that she's doing well with with that guy, and he's just okay with that, and it's fine. You know, sometimes yeah. families are weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, for finishes, I think that's it. Maybe all the jokes hit really well. Seeing the de aging tech on Michelle Pfeiffer and Lawrence Fishburne gives me high hopes for Coulson and Fury and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Did you guys catch Egghead in that movie? That was cool. Okay, that's all for real now. Eight out of ten. I would put it a big step above solid. Now just eight more months to Captain Marvel. Take care as always. I, yeah, I kept saying solid in my in my review. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. And I, I didn't know what other word to put on it other than, you know, it's it's a really, you know, strong entry, solid, good foundation, you know. It's solid solid for a Marvel movie. Like if you if you're rating it on that Marvel scale of how good the Marvel movies are, solid is pretty it's pretty good. It's a pretty it's pretty good. Like it's not the the Marvel movies are so good that to reach solid a solid outing in this franchise is like you got to be pretty dang good. Yeah. So, uh, OE4 mentioned a few things uh, that I want to talk about, but I think I think we need to give like a little bit of a spoiler because I think I think this is pretty. This, well, it's not really spoilers because it's all speculation, but it's based on some casting news. Um, so, and probably comics backstory as well. Yes. So we'll go ahead and lay down a possible spoiler. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm not a big comics guy. I know a little bit about this, but so so we're, we're gonna just spoiler alert. We're gonna talk a little bit about what might be coming in Avengers Four. Um, Okay. The future. So the future. Uh, who's going to save him from the quantum realm? Stature. Stature's going to save him from the quantum realm. Right? That's right. It's got to be. Stature is definitely going Which to save him from the quantum realm. We should realm. say, in case you're not a comics reader or, or like myself, uh, don't really know all this, uh, Cassie, his daughter in the comics, uh, grows up to become a young Avenger known as Stature or Sting. Sting? Is it Sting or Stinger? Stinger. Stinger. Okay, so uh, we have this female, female, young teenage female hero, and uh, we already know we've seen Tony Stark looking older. We've seen all these things in, in, these, in, these, in these set photos, and I've, I've said it on a previous one of these where we did a spoiler, ca- you know, like, like this, this kind of uh, talk. I think what's going to happen is we are going to pick up Avengers 4 is going to pick up like 10 years after Avengers 3. And it's and, and after we, the snapping. We're going to see an alternate future where Iron Man and Captain America have continued to live their lives after the snapping, you know? Oh man. And like and and see the real like effects on the world and effects on all these characters and and we're going to know that like Cassie may be working with Bill Foster and Ghost, possibly. I don't know. Um, like finds out where her father is and spends her entire young life uh, trying to find her father. You know, and and so yep. by the time by the time this is all going on, she's gonna go into the quantum realm to get her father. I think, and maybe while he's in the quantum realm, he learns about time vortexes and time like maybe he learns some things from that uh and then gets out and they have some more time travel possibilities because yeah. because of that so I, th- I want scott in i want scott lang in a like quantum realm wastelander outfit oh yeah same way that janet had it yeah for sure <laughs> and then if, <laughs> i got if, this at the shop didn't you see it? if he has that quantum power like I don't know. What does that even mean? Like, what? We don't know what other powers Janet has. We know she can heal Ghost. Um, yeah, but is that it? Is she, does, can she do other well, things with her quantum power? She did say like it evolves you in a way. Yeah, she did. So he could have a few things. Oh man, that's that's exciting to think about. Yeah, as soon as I heard they were doing a sixteen-year-old Cassie Lang. Uh, or, or they've cast a 16-year-old actress as Cassie Lang. I was like, 
that's that she's going to be that's like that's going to be because we know that she she's the one who sent her dad off to be ant-man again and now he got lost and now she's yeah. going to feel responsible and she's going to yeah, she's feel, like i'm the reason he's down there i gotta get him back right and and, and it's everyone's gonna not believe her like it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good thing i think like because they're not gonna believe her because they're gonna like no cassie he disappeared like everyone else did yeah like, he's done he's gone and, and she's gonna be like no i don't think so like I found out from Bill Foster and Ghost that they were doing these quantum experiments, and I think he's based on this tech that we found. I think he's gone quantum, and uh, you know, they found yeah. Janet. They can we can find him. You know, like it's going to be a whole thing, um, which I think is interesting. <laughs> I think they're going that way. I may be wrong, and here's why I might be wrong. <laughs> That's a lot of weight. If you if you put all that in the first act of Infinity War. Um, that's a lot of Ant Man. That's a on, lot of Ant Man to front load and on an War. ensemble movie. Yeah, yeah. That, so, so that that is, that is the flaw in my theory. Um, they're really like weighting down Ant Man with like all that stuff. Um, yeah. So, but but it but it I don't know. Could be. Yeah, they they're probably going to have to do a lot of like. Because um, it's going to be a, a lot about Tony and Cap. Like it has to be because they're the two major ones that were affected uh, and and damaged in some way from the snapping. And I want there to be a lot of like Cassie's calling uh, either Cap or calling Stark and just being like, "You have to help me find my dad." And like they're like, "You know, we've been telling you for ten years, you have to stop. Like this is too much." Yeah. You gotta give up on this notion that your dad is somewhere, and she's like, "No, I gotta, I gotta find him." Exactly, and then, I know and then he's okay. Wasteland, uh, Wasteland Scott Lang shows up with a spear made out of his antenna. <laughs> um, yep, yep, yep. Even though he doesn't have them. Yep. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I also let me say about this movie. Um, I wish they had made. Uh, I know they made it look close, but I wish they'd given uh, Hank Pym's Ant-Man suit a helmet similar to the original uh, comic book Ant-Man suit. Like oh, the, yeah, with the, the little super mouthpiece. smooth lines and the mouthpiece yeah. and the antenna. I wish, I wish that had been there just because it would have been a nice – because his suit looked so similar to that. I was like, well, just give him a helmet like that. And then his helmet was just like a lot more generic. And I was like, dang. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Um, it would have been a nice callback, but I think I think they did enough. Um, what with like Egghead showing up, and God, like every like Bill Foster being there, the Goliath Project, Twenty One Feet, it was his record. Like they did a lot of of Ant Man lore, Hank Pym, like mythos coming out. Mm. I think uh, I think they did all right. Yeah. No, I think so too. All right, guys. I think that's about all we got to say tonight about Ant Man and the Wasp. I'm sure we'll have a little more feedback coming in, and we'll talk more. Um, but uh, if you if you enjoying the cast and you want to reach out to us, hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash/mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at five seven three cast mcu. Um, we, uh, if you want to support the podcast, we have a Patreon. It's at patreon.com slash MCUcast. Uh, you can support us for just a dollar or two and uh, get the cool benefits of being a patron and also uh, get some cool, uh, just, just, just be, be, be a cool person and support us. Uh, help us make the content if you enjoy it. Uh, if that's the thing. If you enjoy it, you throw a couple bucks and you help it exist. It's pretty rad. I really like Patreon. It's a cool thing. I'm a patron <laughs> of many different things that I like. We'll be back and we'll talk to you then. Until next time, true believers. Uh-huh.